Hello, and welcome to another episode of Anime Countdown. I'm your host, LB. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, CT. Hey there. So, we're always on the lookout for different and unique topics to talk about on this show. We're not really interested in doing the same old topics that have been rehashed over and over and over again by other shows. And so when I came up with this idea a few weeks ago, I had no idea when we were going to do it, but I knew that we were going to do it. So the topic for this week's episode is favorite anime that was originally either an eroge or visual novel. We originally started with just anime adapted from eroge, but we discovered fairly quickly that that pool was a little shallow. So we went ahead and we expanded it out to a visual novels as well. I, I think the pool was shallower on, on my end. Uh, I expected a little bit more because I know the reputation is kind of there of the, you know, there are these things that just had a random uh, eroge origins that a lot of people don't know about. I expected to see a bit more of it. Uh, and it's, it's amongst the, uh, uh, the area that I don't watch a whole lot in general. So, uh, I'm trying to keep the theme, though, and you'll see what I mean. For things that don't have a strictly eroge origin and just have a visual novel, um, I'm steering more in in an eroge-ish or connected direction, uh, and not just strictly, I really love this thing, and it's a, uh, uh, uh happens to be a visual novel, so... Anyway, it's an amusing run-through, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it should be a fun run-through, even if it ends up being a little short. It's still a topic that doesn't get talked about very often, so it should be a fun time. So, alright, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, I know this probably applies to maybe six of you, but still... Uh. Uh, visual novels and eroge are basically just video games with lots and lots of text. They are basically novels with cute moe girls attached to them. Sometimes they have sexy scenes in them, sometimes they don't. But that's pretty much what we are going with as our loose definition of what counts for going onto our list. Did you have any honorable mentions or did you just have your main list? I have one that I want to mention, but I want to give you the chance. I'm going to skip the honorable mentions simply because I might have some that I mention in context of the other ones anyway. So I'll, I'll leave them to be mixed in with the, uh, with the others. Okay, uh, in my case, I am actually going to give an honorable mention to the most obvious choice that could have been added to either of our lists, and that would be Fate Stay Night. It's just too big to ignore. However, it's also incredibly, incredibly easy to put that onto my list and talk about it for ages. Uh, and I don't want to go the easy route, so it's getting an honorable mention. Fate Stay Night, if you weren't aware, started as a sexy time game uh, <laughs> and has exploded into a much wider mainstream uh, appeal. But yeah, it did start as a sexy time game, so that's something to know. That That's true, I... Uh... I should have mentioned that I was also excluding that specifically uh, in certain key titles that are uh, also very, they're very well known uh, and they feel easy mode. So uh, I'm going to go, I, th I think some of mine are not specifically easy mode, but probably just uh, very aged out at this point. So, alright, let's go ahead, let's jump into our list. As usual, CT, we're going to go ahead, we're going to start with you. What is your first choice? Okay. This one, uh, it feels very formative to the concept for me. It's very, it's one of the earlier titles uh, that I knew of 
certainly. It's it's one of the earliest ones on the list if you're sorting them by year. It's one of those that started off being the surprisingly that this is a sexy times game. And uh, that would be the uh, series by developer Leaf. They will be interspersed <laughs> in and out uh, uh, quite a lot. It is a, a series called Two Heart. Right on. Which is, uh, I, again, it, it's fairly well known, but it feels like it was fairly well known for a certain era back in the, uh, back in obviously the 90s and the, the kind of uh, uh, start that, uh, when, it, when anyone was talking about dating sims, this seemed to be the big breakout one because that's effectively what it is it's an edoge visual novel um it was sort of date uh, uh what is it uh it, it it was uh dating sim like but i don't believe that it was really the direction that dating sims generally took uh, but this was also one of the first ones to have like a longer series. It had a core, an actual television series, as opposed to a couple of uh, OVAs, and it seemed to, you know, form the the concept of what to expect from that kind of thing. And it's really just, uh, you know, your your typical high school thing. If you if you start thinking about what a dating sim might be like, that's <laughs> it's it's really what you're going to pick up. It's all of the characters in school. You'll have your different characters, different cute designs and archetypes, a little bit uh, weird things. You'll usually have your main girl. You'll have these weird uh, mini games in it. But the anime form of it is really just falling, falling through a typical slice of life uh, uh, anime sort of experience, and you know, not, not a whole lot happens during it. It's just kind of a cutesy romance uh, that to, I get, I don't think the anime really hit it to a lot of people. It was more simply the fact that uh, they had this background uh, uh, Edoge origin thing, so it, it felt a little bit more like a, a curiosity of that era. So, uh, that, that one I'm picking, I think I'm kind of going, not, not fully chronological, but I'm kind of going chronologically through stuff, uh, in my picks, but, uh, but that's what I'm going to start with. Too hard. I remember when Right Stuff slash Nozomi licensed that and released it over here. I don't remember a whole lot about the anime. I'm referring to the anime, by the way. Right, I don't of course. anyone's ever licensed it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I remember when they licensed it and I watched it. It was a cute show. I enjoyed it. The only thing I remember about it to this day, though, is that they had a robot named Multi. Yes. <laughs> the, the robot named Multi... Uh, it, it almost feels like uh, a lot of the uh, experience here in certain things were were reinforced by anyone who is a fan of the Mega Tokyo webcomic from back in that day as well, because that was one of the things that uh, Piro would pull in. You, you kind of had exposure to things from uh, Two Heart uh, concepts that were kind of introduced and pulled into the overall... <clears throat> lore of Mega Tokyo, uh, uh, things from Clan Ad later. He uh, he he seemed it had a particular aesthetic that uh, he obviously really really dug. So in in some ways, enough exposure for me to things like this came through a a web comic that uh, w was playing along the. Uh, the same lines and uh you'd get this the audience who would share this kind of stuff with each other which is an odd connection <laughs> so all right 
So for my first choice, I am also going with a series that's a little bit older. I'm not entirely sure how old it is. Um, and I'm going to warn you in advance before I even say the name of it that we're about to talk about the ending because, and there will be spoilers if you haven't seen it. So just fair warning. But the series that I am going to go with first is Shuffle. So Shuffle started as an Aero game, much like everything else that we're going to be talking about. Um, <laughs> the thing is with Shuffle that I thought was both interesting and irritating at the same time is that with most of the time with visual novels, you have multiple endings. You have different ending paths that you can follow to get different girls, different endings. Sometimes they're good endings, sometimes they're bad endings. Uh, and then there's also the option of getting what's referred to as the true ending. And the true ending is generally the one that's unlocked after you unlock every single other ending. And these are generally considered the true canon endings. Uh, the anime for Shuffle actually followed the true ending as opposed to any other ending that it could have gone with, which I found really interesting and, like I said, really irritating mm. because the true ending completely negates the entire point of the anime. Isn't the point to have romance stuff? See, what I mean by that is that the beginning of the anime of Shuffle starts with a guy in high school who ends up having both God and the devil offer up their daughters to him saying that they want him and only him to marry their daughter and become either ruler of heaven or ruler of hell. Oh, okay. So, so it's, a, it's a real life story. That's what you're. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> based on a real, based on a real tale. So the thing is, is that this anime spins the next 20 something episodes going over, you know, will he go with this girl or will he go with this girl? And in the end, he ends up going completely the opposite direction with one of the side characters who, like I said, it ends up completely negating the point of the series, as in we've spent all this time wondering if he was become going to become the ruler of heaven or hell. And in the end, he just goes with a side character and lives a completely normal life and ignores the two main heroines. I guess it would depend at Noah's had an OVA series or a long television series or long television. Oh, all right. You mentioned somewhere in there that it, there was a lot. I saw an OVA uh, somewhere in there, but I guess that was either a uh, attached to or just had a different subtitle to it. But uh, I suppose it depends how it pulls off, because usually the unexpected third choice of I pick neither can be meaningful, especially if becoming ruler of heaven and ru ruler of hell means something in a earth-shattering way that uh, that there, there's something meaningful to rejecting that particular path uh, and the easy path, or even if it's something where you can see that the relationship between the normies is better and it's, it's refusing the easy option, but from what it sounds like, it's uh, probably just an undeveloped side character that... Uh, that he ends up choosing for the heck of it at the end. So you're, you're left with a lot of build up and, uh, and no, re and no good resolution to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that this side character wasn't, comp wasn't developed. They did spend time with her and they did give her a side story that, you know, makes sense, but even still it felt a little silly to me at least, to spend 20-something episodes chasing these, you know, 
will he or will he won't options and it ends up being completely just off the wall at the end. So that's the reason why Shuffle stands out to me in my memory is simply just because the ending is so just unexpectedly off the wall. Hmm. A hearty recommendation. Although so, yeah. amusingly, I'm, I'm more intrigued by that than I think I would have been otherwise. <laughs> so my my next pick is kind of a cheat because it's actually two properties uh, one of which feels smaller in general but they were they were very much attached at the hip for me at the time uh, one of them is kind of a giant of the franchise these however are not eroge neither of them uh, one of them is uh, had a couple OVAs back in the mid '90s. Uh, it's called uh, Sotsugyo, uh, basically, which means graduation. And there is kind of a franchise to it, but it's more of a life pursuing one because it goes into more types of graduation and marriage and other stuff. But it's all kind of the same sort of strategy game, but. Uh, the the other series is much longer and well known, and that's the uh, Tokimeki Memorial. Uh, so that that has, as far as I know, a crap ton of titles up to and including a whole bunch of you know mobile uh, titles of uh, of recent years as well. A million spinoffs, uh, boys' side and girls' side versions of it. The reason I bring them up, they didn't really have a whole lot of anime. They each had a couple OVAs pretty much during the same time period. Uh, the reason I'm bringing them up is largely because of Two Heart, because it makes me wonder why weren't these things eroge? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have the same palette of appealing characters, and uh, I guess at the time they weren't all voiced necessarily, but you have your sort of choose-your-own-adventure going through it. Some of them come from the perspective of you're a teacher teaching your classroom, uh, which is, of course, bad mojo, but that doesn't... Uh, st <laughs> that's never stopped <laughs> anime before. Uh, same thing with Tokimeki Memorial. Um... And, it, and it's just weird. I'm like, well, you know, if you were having a bunch of these things, how did some of them end up being particularly and well-known uh, eroge, and some of them just weren't? They they built their own franchise in a different direction. You'd, you'd sort of think if dating sim was becoming a thing, it would have become a thing for the same reason, uh, with the same quote-unquote, reward for everyone at the end, which is all of the, you know, winning a particular character and getting those final scenes with the, with the sexy time picks. Uh, but in this case, these two weren't. The, the anime itself would just be, you know, slice-of-life high school stuff, and again, you know, student uh, uh, hijinks with, with each other, and... Uh, you know, implied romantic relations and sometimes uh, uh, actual revealed ones, not that you saw anything from them. And it it's a little weird that they're all kind of in the same environment in the same time period and uh, only a certain segment. It's, it's like it kind of split things in half and some of them just remained doing their own dating sim things and some of them were like, well, if we put you know, nude pictures at the end of it will sell more. Uh, and in neither case does it seem like it really changes the kinds of stories they're telling, uh, especially in the anime adaptations. So it's a, it, it's a funky little juxtaposition that, uh, that I thought was worthy of, of mention at the very least. I don't know your experience with, uh, with either. I assume you've run across Tokimeki, if any of them. I haven't actually played any of them. I know 
all about the franchise because I've heard about it over the years. So I know that it has a really long history. I know that it has tons and tons of spinoffs. Uh, I think part of the reason why they may not be like Iroge is simply just because I think it might be because they're trying to capture the youth markets while they're still young. That way, when they become older, they graduate up to the Iroge. It kind of, in some ways, it feels like proto-idol stuff as well. I suppose mm-hmm. it, uh, it would it would be. Um, I know Tokimaki at least got a larger anime series in the two thousands, but uh, I'm not sure whether or not. I think it was before it would have been adapted over here, so I'm not sure if it uh, if it ever did come out. It might be interesting to check out. the The only ones I ever watched were the uh, the studio. Piero OVAs uh, back in the late 90s. And amusingly, my longest term exposure from both of these was getting uh, game CDs. So I would listen to music from it and all of the character songs. Uh, (laughs) So the the largest impact uh, these have had on me was musically, because each of them would have these you'd get a lot of ex- more experimental kind of songs from uh, the things, because you get voice actresses who really weren't very good singers necessarily or had specific kinds of voices. So you would get these weirder versions of songs that would uh, present their their character in a way that's fitting to obviously what you would recognize from the character and made for an intriguing song, if not a a great one, but uh, <laughs> that's that's the other bit of it that I, I found amusing over time was the uh, was just going back to the uh, CDs and the character songs. So, so what you got for, next? Alright, so for my next pick, I'm going to go into a fantasy direction. It is a very good fantasy series. Um, the game is actually not that bad either. I haven't played the sequel. I always meant to pick it up, but I just never got around to it. Uh, but the original game is actually, you know, pretty well done. Uh, and that would be a series called Tears to Tiara. Okay. So Tears to Tiara is a fantasy series about a evil it starts with an evil priest who kidnaps a young girl and is going to sacrifice her to a dark lord who he is attempting to resurrect the dark lord gets resurrected and instead of devouring the young girl like expect like he's expected to decides that he's going to marry her and kills the evil priest. Okay. Well, anything that results in killing the evil priest is good. Yeah, so that's the way it starts. Eventually, it becomes a sprawling epic of a story about a girl and becoming the husband of the Dark Lord, and the Dark Lord eventually gathering about six more wives... Uh, and they all band together and are attempting to save the world from an evil force. I honestly can't remember a lot of details about that part <laughs> of the story because it's been a while since I've seen it. Sure. Uh, it's a really good fantasy series, though. What's really interesting about the anime adaptation is that the anime adaptation is actually super faithful to the original game story to the point where you can either play the game or watch the anime. Uh, Either way, you're getting pretty much the same story, um, just with the anime, you're not getting the sexy time scenes, which is fine. They don't really add anything to the story anyway. But 
regardless, the Dark Lord, you know, gathers his wives, gathers his party of, of adventurers, saves the world, and it's really just a really well done story, like I said. Um, the reason why I haven't revisited it in a long time, though, is because normally when I revisit anime, I listen to it dubbed, and the dub track for this series is absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I haven't revisited it in a long time. I would love to go back and watch this series again, but it desperately needs a redub. So, uh, interestingly, in your... Uh, what is it? Your your introduction to it. You were talking about a fantasy series, and I'm like, uh oh, is he gonna grab what was next on my list, uh, which is also a fantasy series, and also I think only has one game sequel. Probably, I, th- I actually I thought it was a larger series, but I'm not entirely sure how it all goes down. Um, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the developer is still the same. I mentioned Two Heart and the developer Leaf is going to come up a lot. Uh, cause Comic Party was also on my potential, but I, because that one's not Edoge, I gave it less, uh, meaning and wanted to bring up, uh, Tokimeki compared to Two Heart instead. Uh, your your series Tears to Tiara came out a little bit after the one that I'm going to bring up, which is Utawarero Mono. Ah, a, okay. An easy-to-pronounce title. Oh, of course. So I knew pretty much nothing about this, uh, but, you know, it was in the middle of, I think, 2016 and uh, uh, 2017 were my biggest years for how many seasonal titles I was watching at the same time. Uh, so I knew that there was an Utawarero Mono series coming out called The False Faces. I knew there had been one before, but I didn't really know anything else about it. It just looked like it looked like an interesting series. Frankly, it looked like it's basically, you know, two degrees off your typical isekai uh, thing because you start with a particular character who uh, is nameless, memoryless, lost, and then gets picked up by your main character, uh, Kuon, uh, and gets involved in all sorts of fantasy hijinks, and they start leading armies. It's, a, it's just a reasonably normal, uh, well-told fantasy tale uh, somewhat military. I think, if I remember correctly, this particular series, game-wise, is more well-known not for being, strictly speaking, a a visual novel. It's a, it's an eroge, definitely, uh, but it was more a tactical game. So it was not a typical Edo game, uh, if, again, if I'm remembering correctly. And it may depend on the version, but... Uh, so what what was involved with it was adventure fantasy tactics with the eroge component still in there. So I assume it means that there was also just your semi, you know, relationship portion of it. Instead of just being a tactical role-playing game, you also had the, okay, all of these cutscenes, you get to, to be with various characters from it. Um, but it has... I think out of all of these that uh, I'm going to talk about, it has the best design to it. Uh, the characters are a bit of a uh, an animalistic spin, so the, it's a different from just your stock fantasy series as well. As it's probably one of the ones that I would want to play the actual game um, <laughs> more, more than any of the other ones because I'm curious how you uh, throw it into an actual tactical RPG, but, uh, but it was overall a, uh, a, a, just a decent fantasy series that I watched alongside, you know, ReZero and everything else I was watching at the time. Uh, in fact, it was a White Fox series, so 
uh, it, uh, I, I guess it might've been like right before, uh, ReZero, but, uh, it's nice. It's fun. Uh, it's worth the watching. It obviously, you know, drags nothing from it. Uh, the, the level to which you would feel that the Eroge connection is really the same thing that every isekai at this point is, and every kind of etchy fantasy thing is. You you simply have your main character who is surrounded with a, a bevy of cute girls that uh, that that are, are constant companions for the for the plot. So there's nothing there's nothing terribly out of line about it. It just happens to have had an an Eroge. So I so for my next one, I am going to go with something a little shorter. It's only about 12 episodes long. Um, it's one of the series that actually did surprise me when I first learned that it was based on an Eroge, because I had no idea when I watched it originally. It's another school comedy with a slash of political drama thrown in, mm. and that would be Love, Election, and Chocolate. I saw that while viewing the list, but I have not seen that as far as the anime goes. So what, uh, what does it bring to the field? Love, Election, and Chocolate is, like I said, a little bizarre. Because basically it starts with a guy and a bunch of girls who are all part of literally the candy club. They get together after school and they eat various candies. So yeah, so that's their whole club. That's their big thing that they enjoy doing. And then they find out that the student council doesn't approve of their club and wants to shut it down. So one of them gets thrust into the role of running for student council president simply to keep the club operational. From there, it ends up becoming kind of a weird political intrigue drama as <laughs> there are lots of little things that happen in the background, little characters, side characters getting attacked in the dark. You know, just little things like that that you wouldn't expect from a cute little comedy series about a candy club trying to stay and trying to stay afloat. How much of the running time is taken up with, uh, you know, the the premise? Is it all leading up to the election? So the the whole thing has to do with the election politics of it, or does that take up sort of half the runtime and then? if he's elected student council, their club is saved, but then you find out the next layer of stuff that goes on by being the, uh, this, the president at that point. If I recall correctly, they actually spend the entire run of the series going up to the election. Okay. So that's, it's the, the little guy is fighting the, uh, the, the big guys and uh, just trying to defeat the evil student council. Yeah, that, I mean, that that sort of thing is, uh, <laughs> is obviously an immensely common anime trope. You wouldn't uh, really necessarily see there being an uh, Eroge origin uh, to it or, or obviously requirement. It's just, well... I guess periodically you have these things and they're just like, well, they're cute enough. So when, when it started, it was the story. So you can see them naked. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I had no idea that it had an arrogate origin. I thought that it was based off a manga or a light novel or pretty much anything else. I had no idea that it was a sexy time game. Um, but then I found that out a little bit later and thinking back on it, it was kind of one of those, huh, okay, I can see that. Interesting. So yeah, there, there are an awful lot of things I'm, I'm looking through the list there. There are an awful lot of things where 
you go, uh, I, ca- I can see why this had an Eroge origin <laughs> to it. So, uh, Fruit of Grisaia, I'm looking on the list. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it. If, if it's an etchy harem, like the difference between it having had a full Eroge visual novel origin or just being an etchy harem sort of thing you know it's six of one half dozen of another it doesn't really matter it's very obvious uh this next one though was just a cute quirky uh you know basically sports with cute girls uh thing same same season actually as uh utawarero mono I, i think it was in 2016 maybe not season but year um there was a uh uh, uh, I forget if you watched it. I thought we talked about it at the time. Uh, normally known by most people as Aokana, uh, Kanata, uh, for rhythm across the blue, which was sort of a quirky sci-fi sports thing because it, it's just sort of a future sports kind of thing. It's your usual high school environment and, uh, you have your school friends and your transfer students and your let's make a team and play this thing. It's kind of a jet-fueled uh, tag relay sort of sport. It wasn't the most exciting thing to watch, but it was kind of uh, uh, interesting in general. It was at least an interesting spin, but it's not the kind of thing that, you know, I would look at any differently than, uh, yeah, I guess you have your Kandagoa jet girls or two car or even things like Keijo or scorching ping pong girls. The only difference is, and I suppose this is a necessary difference. If you're having an Edoge origin, you have your main character who's a guy instead of guys only existing as side parts. Uh, so it's more harem-like in nature, but that doesn't mean that there was anything leading to me to believe, oh, it was uh, an Eroge to start. I think the cast is pretty small, so, you know, you, you usually expect a broader cast to that kind of thing, so you have more paths and more more rewards to unlock, as it were. Uh, and, you know, it was... It was nice. It's it's ultimately fairly forgettable, but it's one of those things, along with Utawarero Mono, that made me, uh, you know, just wonder, oh, it happened to have an Eroge origin to it. So, uh, and it was definitely not well known. It's not like people were talking about it at the time. It's one of those things that you look on the list and go, really? That? Okay. I, I guess I can see it. The girls were cute. But uh, other than that, who cares? It was just, you know, what it was. And you have you have a whole bunch of things that are cute sports, cute cute girls doing slice of life things, and uh, 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 and they all do, you know, almost exactly the same sort of uh, path and other stuff. If it if it has a bit more of a romance component to it, then that's the route that leads you out of Eroge, apparently. But uh, you wouldn't know it, and there's no reason for it to matter. I remember I watched that series when it first came out. I got two or three episodes in, and I put it on hold. And then, randomly, I picked it back up a couple of years later, and I got eight episodes in. (laughs) <laughs> and then I put it on hold again, and I haven't picked it back up since. Amusingly, because I did, I was curious about a number of the Adoge things. I think it's a little bit more hardcore than, <laughs> than others in that regard, which is, again, kind of strange uh, coming from the work that it's there. It, it feels like it was... Uh, Going going a little bit raunchier, or at least a little bit more active than uh, than you tended to get out of your your two hearts or your utaware monos. So I may be mistaken because it's not like I pulled down a, 
a zip file of everything to uh, examine this with a uh, magnifying glass, but uh, with a quick image search, it it seemed like uh, it was a bit raunchier than the other ones, which it almost makes it funnier. <laughs> that does strike me as interesting because, yeah, that was definitely a series where if you hadn't been told that it had an Aragay origin, you probably never would guess that. Right. So, alright, so for my next one, I am cheating just a smidge, um, because I am going with a title that has a unrelated sequel to it, but they're both basically following the same, they're both under the same tree, they just have different stories and different chapters to them, uh, and they're, the last two choices on my list are also a lot more dramatic than the other ones. The other ones tended to fall more towards comedy. Uh, this one, these ones are going to be a little more dramatic. And the, so the first one that I'm going to go with is F Melodies and L and F Memories. Ah, gotcha. Yes, the, so, those are ones I certainly recognize, but I I never watched them. So these are actually really good solid stories. I don't know who developed them. I would have to look that up really quickly and I just don't want to take up time to do so. <laughs> uh, but they're really solid dramatic stories. Uh, I remember I can't remember if it's melodies or memories is the one about the girl who keeps losing her memory after like a week or so. So she has to keep jotting things down in a diary. And she, um, excuse me. And she meets a guy and she stays and she meets him every week and they have long, nice conversations and develop a relationship based on that. Uh, the other one, I don't remember as clearly. I actually own both of these, but they're sitting on my bookshelf, still wrapped in their original plastic. I haven't even opened them yet. <laughs> Which, something tells me you can relate to that in some way or another. Just slightly. Yeah. So, yeah, but I have watched them. They are, I remember them being just fantastic, dramatic stories, uh, very tear-jerking. Uh, the reason why I haven't rewatched them in a long time is because it's not often that I'm in the mood for something that gut-punching. And these are definitely gut punch series. So if you're looking for something that's going to make you weepy, these are actually really good choices to go with. And they're not very long either. I think they're both OVAs. Just to what the the anime? They were uh, they were two single core series. I, oh, I was going to okay. supply a few details. The Game is from a developer, uh, Minori, who did mostly stuff I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, I saw on the list Win the Breath of Heart. That was one of their early ones, but I think they got into kind of an F uh, mode <laughs> and did, uh -huh. did a bunch of that and a few things later. But more interestingly, the studio for the anime is Shaft, which... Uh, it's it's fairly early shaft not their earliest but uh the director is the same one who did some of the uh Bakken test uh <laughs> chivalry of a failed knight and happy the director okay. isn't terribly uh uh well known except for doing watamote but uh just having Shaft do something like that is, is intriguing to me. It was kind of during the same period that they were doing a Hitamari sketch. 
Okay. So that, that that's certainly one reason to sell it. I don't know whether or not it is currently being licensed. It doesn't feel like it is, but uh, I guess uh, it would have to be chased down some way, shape, or form. So, uh, my next one is a, uh, is not Enogay, because I wanted to end with, I think, the thing that I enjoyed the most. But it does have an Enogay connection, because I mentioned in the beginning I was excluding, uh, uh, what is it, key... I was excluding Fate Stay Night. I was also excluding certain key titles, uh, the beginning ones, things like Canon and, and Air, which are very well known. And uh, again, along with things like Two Heart, they kind of uh, stamp down a particular visual style and a particular game style that uh, that really stuck. Uh, so they they are the developer, but I'm certainly glad this one wasn't an auto game. Uh, so this is just a visual novel, and mentally, when I was pulling from them, I was also excluding the uh, the mages stuff, the the five PV title, and by that I mean the ones which have the semicolon in them. So Steins uh -huh. Gate and Chaos Head and uh, all of that stuff, because uh, again, that that seems like an easy snag for visual novel slash game. Uh, this particular one is a fairly short OVA series, but I believe there's something coming out, a film. It is not out yet, uh, but as I recall, the new thing has been announced. Uh, the writer... I guess it was actually... It wasn't a game, like a game written by Jun Maeda, who is fairly typical for key titles in general. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was uh, either they got an actual novelist for it or uh, or the novel followed the original production. I don't recall what, but it's a it's a interesting little sci-fi tale uh, called Planetarian. Uh, so it's a post-apocalyptic uh, landscape where you are a basically a junker, a scavenger, uh, who's going through mostly destroyed cities to find, you know, anything of value to take back to your safety zones. And it just seems to be one of those kind of robot-infected uh, things. War happened, nuclear fallout happened. Uh, it's, a, it's a blasted landscape, but what you kind of have is this small little story that's told because you come across a planetarium, just a, uh, you know, a regular actual planetarium, but it was, uh, it's inhabited by essentially the, uh, uh, I don't recall what they're called, a uh, an android young girl who exists in the place to welcome people to the planetarium, show them around, lead them to their seats, that kind of thing. But of course, you know, the whole city is, is blasted. This place happens to have some power, some electricity, uh, because I guess there's only been, you know, the small android girl here, uh, you have a, uh, 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 she hasn't been bothered by the outside world until you come to it. So it, it's sort of the, a story where the guy is taking a breather, as it were, because he finds a place that's kind of away from the world and is helping him forget about the, uh, you know, the hellscape that, that he is a part of. Uh, and just sort of exist with uh, uh, with this android girl, and then see whether or not you know can can she be separated from the planetarium? Because obviously, it, it's not going to last 
with everything else, but, uh, you know, he's trying to help her and save her ultimately and get her out of there. Uh, it's not fully clear, you know, how sentient the AI is, but that's kind of what you're exploring during the little story there. You're, you're learning about, you know, just how sentient the, uh, the girl is and uh, uh, leaning in. And it's a strange little kind of romance, kind of familial uh, story told in uh, a dystopian future that you almost don't interact with much, except at the very beginning and the very end, how the story uh, uh, starts and how it ends is, you know, dramatic. And then everything else inside is kind of a weird semi-psychological, semi-Iashike drama of a sort. But it's a, it's a pretty feelsy ride. It's only five OVAs. Uh, it is still available out there on Funimation, I think. And uh, I forget if something else has it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak anything more about it because. I would just tell everyone to, you know, if it sounds interesting at all, give it a look-see. I think you'll enjoy the ride. Right on. That's something that I might have to pick up, because I've gone through the Funimation catalog many, many, many times over the <laughs> years, and I've seen that title, and I've always just kind of glanced over it and skipped it and not gone given it much thought, but I, yeah, I might actually check it out. I think you'd enjoy it a lot. I think it's worth being a commit to sitting down because it's going to be a, a bit of a feels ride there, so commit to sitting down, just burning through all of it, and having enough time to to let it sit with you afterward. That's uh, how I would recommend approaching it. Alright, so for my final pick, like I said, uh, my last two picks are a little more dramatic than the other ones. This one goes beyond dramatic into full-on soap opera. Uh, basically, uh, what I'm going with for this final one is a series that was localized over here as Rumbling Hearts. Ah. The Japanese title, I believe, is Kimiga Nozomu Ga Yen, I believe, I want to say. Uh, but basically, the story behind this one is Guy hooks up with a girl uh, and doesn't realize that girl's best friend also has a thing for him. And while... They are out one day, Guy and girl's best friend are kind of hanging out one day, causing girlfriend to have to wait for boyfriend to appear for their date. She gets impatient and goes to a phone booth to call him and ends up being hit by a car. So this causes immense amounts of guilt on the side of the boyfriend and the best friend uh except for what happens is that the girlfriend isn't killed she's in a coma for like seven years and in that time the best friend and the boyfriend end up hooking up so when she wakes up after seven years the doctors insist that the boyfriend pretend like no time has passed and they're actually still together and that's what causes the main drama of the series. It's only run it only runs for about thirteen episodes. But I remember when I watched this series years and years and years ago, I haven't revisited it in a long time. Uh, again, particularly because it's a major gut punch series that'll just beat your ass down with the feels. Uh but the main thing is that the series is 
very dramatic. It has a really good story to it. I remember when I watched it a long time ago, I was literally yelling at the television <laughs> at these characters, telling them, no, you have to be doing this, or you have to be doing this. What is wrong <laughs> with you? That's how involved I got involved with this series. I was so hooked in when I watched it. Interesting. That's definitely yeah, one of those titles I've run across and I know about by reputation. And I've uh, I'm very familiar with the with the uh, cover image of it. Uh, but I did not uh, delve in. Um, is it is it the kind of thing where it's you know, pulling a surprising sort of ending or it's just the whole run uh, because of the nature of it is just kind of strange and and uh, goes one way or the other because obviously you have tragedy at one end and then you have uh, something else for the, for the uh, time skip period. I assume that you'll get the time skip right away or, or do you have a couple episodes with, uh, with her in the coma? So you see the, the actual loving relationship, uh, develop. And then that's, that's why you're invested in what's happening when she starts coming out of the coma. They spend a couple of episodes in the beginning with developing the relationship. Uh, they do a really great job with that. Um, and they also really build up the jealousy from the best friend really well. That's another really strong selling point to the series. And then they spend about one or two episodes going over just how hard the guilt is eating away at the boyfriend to the point where he can't even take care of himself and his the girlfriend's parents actually tell him to stop visiting her because he's just being too ob obnoxious about it. Right. Uh, and then in the end, the ending, I'm not going to give away everything that happens in the ending because I think that this is a series that's really worth picking up and discovering the ending for yourself right i'm i'm not saying do do that but more of a uh uh what is it more, more of curious the way that the story is going and if it's trying to build up to a a particular striking ending or or shocking ending that doesn't have to be a school day's ending because what what is <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, I mean, it has a really solid ending. Again, I'm not going to give away spoilers, but it has a solid ending that's realistic. It doesn't come across as contrived at all. They finally resolve things in a really satisfying way. It's basically a really short soap opera that has that starts tragic, ends happy. Well, that's good. Happy endings are uh, are a rarity sometimes. Yeah, especially with you know soap opera dramas. So yeah, it looks like the looks like the developer uh, is the also the one behind Muv Love, Muv Love uh, Alternative, and another title I kept seeing in there called Iconic Maniacs. The uh, the anime is just Studio Fantasia, who, as far as I know, is just kind of trouble <laughs> to me in general. I don't know if there's anything further to to say, including about any of the things that we may have skipped on purpose. Uh, uh, I think it's it's a little much... surprising to only get one key associated title, <laughs> or or even one June Maeda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no June Maeda and uh, an offbeat key. But uh, I had been considering throwing a bone to rewrite at one point. I thought maybe you might bring in Little Busters because I thought you mentioned that one before. Yeah, I was thinking of bringing in Little Busters. But again, I thought that that one might have been a little too easy. So I decided to move it off for a lesser known title. Gotcha. Yep. 
yeah, I think it's it's funner to play around in in a space where you're where you're not to, not as likely to to bring it up. It's it's one thing if your only requirement is your absolute favorites of X Y Z, but it's uh, it's another thing to uh, uh, to search around it and look for interesting uh, uh, or more personal connected stuff. So. So, alright, let's go ahead, let's wrap it up on that note. Uh, thank you, CT, for joining me for another fun discussion. And thank you for being joined by me, which I'm and sure made your evening. <laughs> and thank you to all of you out there for listening to us. If you want to hear these podcasts as soon as they go live, remember they get posted first to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash otaku review before they hit the major podcast sites about a day or two later if you want to support us please feel free to throw us a little tip or if you want just like share and subscribe we appreciate that too and we hope that you all join us again next time we get together so thank you very much and have a good night night folks